0: Chug,
1: chug, 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 Hello everyone and welcome back to The Wizard's Staff. I'm your host, Blake.
0: And I'm Guy.
1: And we are two drunk novices who like to talk about EDH. We do drink and swear so you have been warned. Please drink responsibly when you're playing children's card games. Tonight, we are going to be talking about Super Friends 101,
0: the very basics. Ooh. Ooh.
1: And to join
0: us tonight, we have my super friend, Aww. Jesse, Aww. returning from when we had him on from Theros Beyond Death. Jesse, say hello.
2: Hi, everyone.
0: It's good <laughs> to be back with my
2: two good friends. Aww. And so I'm glad like you too? think of it. I'm <sighs> so yeah, hard.
0: Oh, I love it. I'm loved. Alright, so we brought Jesse on tonight because he is probably The most qualified. Yep, the most qualified out of all of us because he has a super friends deck and he is very knowledgeable on the subject. Uh, much more uh, smarter than us. That that English didn't really work out too well, yeah. um, But Super Friends, what's what is that? What Super Friends? Uh, what are we talking about? Um, Jesse, what is a Super Friends deck? It's a very good
2: question, guy. Thank you.
0: Allow me <laughs> to inform your great
2: viewers, Empire. Well, a Super Friends deck refers to Planeswalkers mostly. You're using a lot of planeswalkers to accrue value into your deck, and it essentially creates an engine for you for you to be able to
1: outvalue your opponents. What's a planeswalker?
0: Planeswalker? (laughs) What is going on? All these fancy words. You know, I don't know what they mean. What's a planeswalker? Elaborate this too, if you want to. Uh,
2: well, you know, a Plainswalker. Uh, to me, they're like just one of the main characters of Magic. Usually, they usually are like in the promo art. They usually have their big storylines, and they're like really weird permanents that have different ranges of an ability, and they're usually pretty unique with their ultimate, which is usually their last ability, which is probably never going to happen, but it's the <laughs> flavor. It's
1: the flavor that you're it's the, going It's the fact through. that it could happen, right? It's the, exactly. I, it's the, it's it's the, the idea. threat.
0: It's the threat. Mm-hmm. Like some mind games. So, interesting fact, but I mean, you are a Planeswalker as you're playing the game. The game is centered around you being a Planeswalker, going around and doing magical duels with other Planeswalkers. And so, the Planeswalkers that we're referring to in the Super Friends deck archetype is... Like, the extra characters that we see kind of come up in the stories often. And they are people, not always just human, but people who can travel between the inner dimensions of the Magic the Gathering lore. So, they are able to transport themselves from, like, Dominaria to Innistrad, or from, like, Kaladash to Ixalan, just to name a few examples. Mm -hmm. So... Before and, we get but, any further, yeah, what are we drinking tonight? <laughs>
1: well, uh, so you suggested. Well, also, maybe we should just get out of the out of the out of the way. Uh, coronavirus will not be affecting the Wizard Staff podcast that much. We are bi week. We are we put out stuff once every two weeks on the average. Um, I we we are like both. In Guy and I live in separate locations, but uh, and they are pretty active in Washington State, California,
0: but it, it'll be fine. So we practice social distancing all the time, oh, yeah, <laughs> just, we keep our distance all the time, mm-hmm. so it won't slow us down. But um, I'm That's drinking a-, a Corona just because. I thought it fit with the theme, but yeah. Um, like, <laughs> what are you drinking?
1: Well, I tried to like get Corona as well, but it was actually sold out at the store. Uh, and I'm like, I don't really want to go to another store, a because I'm lazy, and b like I probably did, I'm encouraged not to. So I decided to just get a wine instead,
2: and I this wine
1: that. This wine is... Uh, I'm always oh, I going to butcher it every single time. Uh, Imolo Napa Valley. It is a uh, Sauvignon Blanc from 2017. <laughs> and it's uh, from Fairfield, California. And it's pretty tasty. I actually like this. I am definitely a white wine kind of
0: guy. All right. And Jesse, are you drinking anything now? Or... I'll Are never you drink anything? Never. Not. not even water?
2: I don't partake in this <laughs> in this. Oh <sin. laughs>
1: right, you're a good Christian boy, right? Exactly.
2: I gotta keep up appearances.
1: <laughs> just drinking some juice instead. Nothing at the moment. Gosh, you're just you're just drinking air.
0: Alright. That's fine. Exactly. Okay. Alright, so talked about what is a super friend stick what is a planeswalker to give a little history about the planeswalkers for all you fourth out there but planeswalkers were first introduced in the Lorwin block we had five originally one for each color we had jace for blue a johnny for white chandra for red liliana for black and garrick for green so since Dominario, the most recent Dominario set, they have all been eroded to become legendary permanents. Which is important because that also refers to historic. But so all planeswalkers enter the battlefield with a number of loyalty counters that determine what a planeswalker can do. So most have three abilities that determine whether you use or add loyalty counters. Typically, a Planeswalker has an ultimate, which is the move that requires the most loyalty for them to use. So it's not an ability you can use right away. You have to kind of work towards it.
2: Uh
0: And typically, uh, this ultimate is like the most powerful move that they can do. And it could be sometimes game ending, depending on the format. Mm -hmm. Now, Planeswalkers... Haven't always been the most relevant to EDH, but since War of the Spark, the set that came out last year, they introduced 36 new planeswalkers at various rarities and introduced them with static abilities. This allowed them to have a stronger board presence than just being able to only use one ability at a time. Sorry, there's a phone, there's a car going off. Uh,
1: yeah, like, War of the Spark really, like, just changed the landscape of EDH Planeswalkers. Uh, they, uh, they like, actually made good ones, like, because everyone who's, like, been listening to me a long time just knows that, like, I'm just, like, the biggest hater on Planeswalkers in EDH. Uh, and so, it's nice that we got, like, some relevant ones in that set. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Static abilities are pretty good, I hear. They're basically killable
0: enchantments. In-
1: mm-hmm. I uh, love those. Like, yeah.
0: I love them. Do either of you have a favorite Planeswalker, you would say? Either from War of the Spark or anywhere in general? Uh, I will go first.
1: I just want to say uh, Narset Parter of Vales is my favorite Planeswalker. Because if you haven't noticed, like, EDH players are sluts for drawing cards. They are just like, oh, I'm just going to draw all these cards in this one turn. Oh, I, I'm going to have to discard down. Oh. Ah, such a hard choice, uh-huh. And I'm just like, I don't want to deal with you. Just like, like, no. I'm just gonna be like, no. You can't draw more than one
0: card each turn.
1: No, 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 no.
2: I'm
0: gonna yeah, Let's, let's, pump, let's pump the brakes good. on that. Yeah. Hmm. Jesse, what about you?
2: I mean, in all my times of playing this Planeswalker deck, the one that surprised me the most is uh, Angrath, the Flame Chained. Just, like, constantly making people discard a card and burning them for two life, like, oh, it does actually a lot of work. So, I would say that one was, like, the biggest surprise. It's definitely turned out to be, like, my favorite to get.
0: Sorry, Blake and I both are completely unaware of this card, so we have to look it up.
1: Yeah, I'm looking it up. It's uh, Angrath the Flame Chain. It is three and a black and a red for four loyalty. Plus one, each opponent discards a card and loses two life. That's annoying. (laughs) Just repeatable discard is pretty annoying, I hear. Just people complaining about Croxa already, so I know that's pretty annoying.
0: Yeah, Uh, but in
1: terms
2: of like super strong cards, Narset and the new Ashiok, or I guess the old new Ashiok, or the Spark Ashiok.
1: Old new Ashiok?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) You know.
2: (laughs) But yeah, that Ashiok turned out to be pretty good too.
0: All right. Cool. Personally, yeah, I think I would agree with Blake. The Narset and the Nyssa, the newest Nyssa, who shakes the world. Those those two would probably be my favorite. Um, or it would be the Sorin the Mad, I think. The one that doesn't have a plus ability. It's, um, yeah, it's, oh, Sarkon the Mad, sorry. Um, he doesn't have a plus ability. He he has a minus ability that just allows him to ultimate real quick, and it's really flavorful in a dragon deck. And it was the first planeswalker card that I owned, um, so it felt really cool. So okay, what what? So we've talked about planeswalkers and what they can do, and mm-hmm. sometimes that they have these mm-hmm. ultimates, which are like game-ending abilities.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. And they can create these things called emblems. (sighs) Yeah. What's an emblem, Blake? Uh,
1: So an emblem is uh, planeswalker have... So planeswalkers are the only permanent that I'm aware of that can make an emblem. And they are often... uh, They're just... So there's like a lot of rules things I could get into the nitty gritty. But basically they're like... Think of them as permanent like gosh how do i describe this they're basically like enchantments in the command zone that are completely uninteractable the only way you can get rid of an emblem is either a kill the player that made the emblem or b uh cast karn liberated and restart the game (laughs)
0: Both, Hard liberated
1: are, being a very good planeswalker. Planeswalker, <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. like one of the most original planeswalkers. But yeah, both of, like those are like pretty much the only two circumstances you can get rid of emblems. Pretty limited. And for all of those who are who feel my pain about how emblems are uninteractable, I've kind of I personally have made peace with. I want to know all of your guys' thoughts. I've made peace with the facts that emblems are pretty much uninteractable. Like uh, Morrow has gone on record saying that there's no current plan. Like, quote, "Our current plan is to not use spells to remove them." So basically, they don't have any uh, plans to like make a spell that says get rid of just dist- like get rid of an emblem.
0: Like, I've just kind of made peace with it. it. It's interesting that that's kind of the plan because Morrow's also often talked about how interaction is one of the ten key. Things of what makes a game great, but he's limiting his interactions with this one card type? Like, is it even like I guess it's not technically a card type. Mm-mm. But it's not it's, just, per- it's
1: not even technically a permanent.
0: You can't even Right, it's it. just yeah, so I guess it yeah, it's, just, it's just, just
1: an object in like the command zone or something. I don't
0: know. Right. No,
1: that's
0: and, not true. I don't know. It's on the in your experiences, do you think that there should be any ways that we should be able to interact with emblems or should they be something that this is a question for both of you, but
1: to be my own devil's devil's advocate, it's also kind of like, sometimes the game just needs to like fucking end. (laughs) Like usually the emblems are pretty powerful and like, all right, if you got the emblem, they're uninteractable. You're probably going to use it to win. If not that turn, the next few turns, that's the idea. So, and also, it's, like, in EDH, like, they're, like, you're never getting an emblem because you're not playing those sorts of cards. Like, the only time emblems are showing up are, like, mid-tier to casual EDH games, which should, in theory, be fine with it. So, uh, I have made my peace with it. It's fine. Okay. As long as you- as long as there's not, like, in the future, like, in the next five to ten years, like... some other sort of thing that's completely uninteractable. I want emblems to be kind of like, okay, besides for maybe eminence. Like, I don't want there to be a whole bunch of things that you you can interact with at all.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Jesse, what do you think?
1: It's kind of a complicated
2: topic because (laughs) the emblems, emblems are supposed to be the payoff for playing the Planeswalkers. Yeah. I mean, they're not really very Planeswalkers themselves are threats because they're kind of like ticking time bombs. And it's kind of the reason why you need to get rid of them. Usually their pluses and minuses aren't going to really win you the game. They're going to get you value for sure and maybe put you ahead. But they're not winning you anything. That's totally but I true. also think that if you design a card to remove emblems specifically, it would just be a bad card.
1: Yeah. Because oh, like,
2: when other... When would you run this card? Like yeah, it, it's way too specific. It, and a lot of planeswalkers a lot of planeswalkers with their ults aren't even emblems a lot of the time. So it doesn't even necessarily deal with kind of the planeswalker issue. Just only emblems, so uh it's really hard. I think the only way to do it is you have to essentially make emblems (laughs) permanents, and maybe give them, like, indestructible or
0: something. I don't know. Do you think it would be... I I totally see your point. I think that is a very good call-out, because it's almost like you would have to run it in a deck knowing that you're gonna be up against super friends like it's you know it's gonna be something that's not gonna be a dead card in your hand in any meta it's more like tech that you would like slot in so maybe it's something that they could experiment with at some point maybe I don't know where it's like target player sacrifices planeswalker or emblem that they have where it it has to kind of you can't just be its own thing it would need to kind of like go along with something but then who knows because that's still kind of a little specific but that is a good point i am going to add to this really quickly uh i promise
1: folks we'll move on to on to the next topic really soon the only thing i want to add to this is i yeah jesse i don't really want there to like become cards that only say like get rid of a emblem because that basically reminds me of a situation with poison counters and a card called leeches and leeches only exists to get rid of poison counters and nothing else and it's like such a weird niche card and yeah it exists but like no one ever 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 plays it and it's just it's, it exists in a very weird space
0: it would probably make more sense to have the card be in standard because if they had made that card for war of the spark and you know there were a lot more planeswalkers doing ultimates maybe they would have come up with some way to interact with the emblems but that's not what they did so it
2: i mean even in standard emblems they aren't really a thing a thing there was only like maybe the that one gideon that would just mm. be able to make an emblem as soon as it was played and that one was really strong but like even chandra uh, De- awakened Inferno
1: verno
2: like hasn't found a home pretty much anywhere and it's, it's decent, but it's... I, I don't know. I mean, emblems really aren't the problem. It's not being able to deal with planeswalkers or comboing planeswalkers to getting ultimates immediately is more the issue than, like, the emblems, per se. But in no other format are planeswalkers, like, really the emblems aren't really the problem it's not being able to interact with the planeswalkers themselves that make them problems
1: yeah that's the idea is like you should be able to kill the in most situations you should be able to interact with the planeswalker before they make the emblem exactly. that's a theory yeah uh we'll also give a really quick example of what we're talking about instead of talking abstractly so one example would be tamio field researcher one and green white blue you get four loyalty and then there's some other activated abilities we don't really care about and then the minus seven is draw three cards you get an emblem with you may cast non-land cards from your hand without paying their mana costs so that's nice yeah it's basically omniscience as but it's even better because it has an emblem you can't even uh people tilted on omniscience and you can't even interact with this and you get to draw three cards uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I hear it's pretty good. Alright, we're going to move on now to give a bit more context to this whole subject, which is, uh, at the time of recording, what are the five most popular commanders to build a Super Friends deck?
0: So, so if you want to build one, like who, who, are you, who do you think it might be the best to like helm your deck? Mm-hmm.
1: So, to nobody's surprise, uh, in our number one slot... Right? That's the number? Yeah, she's the number yes. one? Yeah. We're just going to start off with number one. We're not going to do no countdown shit or nothing. Uh, we're just... We're going to do Atrax's, Praetor's Voice. Uh, for those who don't know and have been living under a rock, she is a green, white, blue, black, for a legendary creature Angel Horror. She's a 4-4, flying, vigilance, death touch, and lifelink. And at the beginning of your end step, proliferate. She's just has it all and there's many ways to build Atraxa but one of the ways that people one of the many many ways people like to build her is super friends cuz she's in four of the five colors of magic and you can just uh proliferate meaning your loyalty counters will be going up one at the end step just value
0: right and you can pick it's not even like all counters it's you're going to use it only for your asymmetrical side. So you're gaining the benefits and you know, maybe that'll put your planeswalkers at being at higher loyalties and like being able to ultimate faster than you think they would be able to. Mm-hmm. Or just keep them around on the battlefield longer.
1: Yeah. Jesse, what do you think about this? Commander as a, a super friend deck. This is also like 5 times more popular than the next most popular super friend deck.
2: I think this is like the quintessential like super friends commander until they make one that's specifically for planeswalkers uh I think it has all it's pretty much everything you want it has white for like part of the white does have like this really niche planeswalker support with it there is like Dejeru with whose eyes are opened or whatever and it's like specifically Yeah, arena rector. Like they have like these weird tutors. Like deploy the gatewatch. So they white has a lot of support. Green is some of the best support. Blue helps you proliferate. Blacks for a ton of removal and recursion. It has everything it needs. And Just the not red. Walk, yeah, me. a pet, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, all
1: right. So we'll go now to the next the second most popular super friends commander
0: yeah and i do want to say i was able to like kind of i feel like with this one and then the next two there was kind of a theme where the atraxa was focused on the proliferate mechanic and proliferate will probably play a role in all super friends decks just because that is such a powerful ability but then these next three all kind of had the similarities of they are all Wuburg commanders, which is just um, great because you can have access to all of those colors, and each one of these also cares about being able to cast like really big spells or legendaries, which Planeswalkers are. So, Sisse Weatherlight uh, Captain, who is a two-white legendary creature... Uh, human Soldier, 2-2. Two, two. Sissé gets plus one, plus one for each color among other legendary permanents you control. And then for Wuburg, search your library for a legendary permanent card with converted mana cost less than Sissé's power, put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So, it's pretty easy for you to just be able to tutor out a Planeswalker.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it sort of reminds me of Eson the Wanderer Bard where, like, it's more toolboxy, and you are restricted to legendary cards that you can tutor out. But you're like kind of reacting to like what the rest of your opponents are doing, and like getting the specific legendary card that deals with other people's stuff.
0: Yeah. Next, we have Ramos Dragon Engine, um, which is pretty cool. I like this card a lot because uh, <laughs> it's a dragon. Generic. Dragon. 6 Generic Mana. Legendary Artifact Creature Dragon. 4-4 with Flying. Whenever you cast a spell, put a plus one plus one counter on Ramos for each of that spell's colors. Remove five plus one plus one counters from Ramos. Add double Wooburg, so white, white, blue, blue, black, black, red, red, green, green to your mana pool. Activate this ability only once each turn. So, it's nice because you can ramp pretty hard and helps you just cast those higher cmc planeswalkers which i don't think we mentioned but most of them most of the planeswalkers except for some of the more recent ones tend to have like a higher cmc of like five to six yeah we haven't talked about that it's like the elephant in the room is that
1: the average cmc of a super friends deck is like five or six
0: (laughs) yeah so These decks tend to play a little slower than other decks. And I mean, I think my only experience playing against them is with Jesse's, but you do want to run a lot of like ramp support to be able to get them out and, you know, be able to do stuff quicker.
1: Yeah. And we will get to your deck, Jesse, I promise. We just got to wait a little bit. It happens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, Jesse, so this next commander joda archmage eternal um who i know i don't think i've ever played against your joda deck but when you had him was he a planeswalker deck uh
2: well it had like a couple nickel Bolus in there but that was about it it wasn't a planeswalker deck it okay. was more just a big stuff
1: was it a nickel bolus tribal deck no Unfortunately not. I
0: would I would have given you shit. <laughs> All right, so Jota, Archmage Eternal, one blue red white, legendary creature, human wizard, four three with flying. You may pay Wooberg rather than pay the mana cost for spells that you cast. So this is still a five colored deck, mm-hmm. but like we said, you're able to kind of cheat out planeswalkers for lower costs. Which is pretty good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I have played against this as Super Friends deck in person. And, you know, most of your Planeswalkers are 5 or 6 CMC or whatever on average. And so the ideal play is to, like, just uh, pay Wooburg, put out Omniscience, and then just, like, dump the rest of your hand of Planeswalkers... Uh, like hopefully on like turn five and then to just be like you got an answer to this you probably don't I'm going to now hopefully restock my hand using my planeswalkers and uh, wrap board and just accrue value and just like this is the beginning of the end it's fuckers <laughs> yeah sounds pretty good
0: yeah it hurts and then the fifth most talked about planeswalker deck which is the one that jesse runs jesse would you like to talk about him a little bit uh, well i guess since you're putting me on the spot i, <laughs> I gotta do it
2: so it's a uh, nickel bullis the ravager it's one grixis it's a legendary elder dragon he's a four four on his front side he is flying and when he enters each opponent has to discard a card But, since it's a flip card, it can flip over to a Planeswalker with 4 and uh, Grixis. And you flip him over to his Planeswalker side, called Nicobolus the Arisen. He starts off at 7 loyalty. Plus 2 is to draw 2. Minus 3 is to deal 10 to a creature or Planeswalker. Minus 4 is essentially to reanimate either a creature or Planeswalker from any graveyard. And then his minus 12 is to pretty much take someone out of the game, so that's pretty much it. Uh, I had actually originally built this Planeswalker deck to play uh, Oathbreaker, so I really wanted to play Dragon God when it first came out, but when I realized that, you know, nobody plays Oathbreaker, that format was pretty much dead on arrival uh you know i had to you know some people tried. you tried i I respect i I respect that and it didn't work out too well uh i essentially had a retool to commander and this was pretty much my only option (laughs) but uh it ended up being not too bad like too bad being, being able to get an early discard like creature out that if people try to kill again you're going to make them discard again by replaying it. It's kind of like a, like, go ahead, try. But like, I'll keep taking cards out of everyone's hands the more you try to remove this card. So it's, it also works with itself in that you make everyone discard a card in the early game. So they're more incentivized to like, remove a late game card from their hand early because they might not get to it that early in the game. And then now when you flip over to your Planeswalker side, your reanimation targets are really good because now they've most likely discarded something very good. So then oh. you also have a way to protect it the turn you flip it. So it, it's pretty good on its own. Like a 4-4 four four to protect your walkers is already pretty decent since it also has flying. So the card, it, it's turned out to be way better than I had originally thought. I thought I would never be playing this planes. I I thought I would never be playing the creature itself, but it ended up alright.
0: What would you say the deck's biggest weakness is? (laughs) For purely like objective reasons, yeah, just for like yeah, not personal, but like what what do you find to be like the hardest thing about playing the deck? Guys Um, writing notes on his. I would
2: say the hardest thing. This deck just isn't equipped to deal with combo decks. Like, I don't, but the, the only thing that really gets past combo is, like, the discard part of this deck. But, like, Planeswalkers by themselves, I think they're just too slow to deal with any type of combo, really. They, so don't really speed. They, they don't really, they don't interact with the stack. They don't do anything to stop people from doing, like, some crazy combo. So, that's probably the weakest part of the deck. But that's just intrinsic to, like, the strategy itself. My decks aren't weak by the way, don't, don't even start.
1: So when you flip over this uh, card into the Planeswalker mode, like you kind of alluded to earlier, you immediately minus for it to get like some big beefy creature that somebody discarded early game, right? Essentially. Okay, so it's like down to like three loyalty and like that that big beefy creature is like enough to protect it. Like what, do you like have any specific stories of like the best thing you ever got? Uh, I got Gisela from it. And that
2: was uh, oh. that one was pretty good. <laughs> that was uh, pretty disgusting. Uh, but really, flipping the card isn't what I'm trying to do, necessarily. Because you have to sort of play around the fact that you don't have green to do like the pretty disgusting combos. You don't have white for the synergy. So you need to play what Grixis is good at. And Grixis is really good at making people, like, discard cards. Yeah. It's good at uh, blowing up people's lands. It's good at uh, clearing the board. It's it's very, like, mean control. So and yeah. the Planeswalkers are there to, uh, when I s- destroy all the lands, when I have cleared the board,
0: you now I have
2: Yes, I've cleared the lands even if they have answers they can't cast them because they have no lands Yeah, and now I'm the one that's accruing value off of the planeswalkers so you have to play this there's no other way around it there's no combos that you can do not really so that's pretty much how you have to play and I love it
1: (laughs) it feels so good I can just see the like pain and misery in guys eyes right now (laughs) it's pretty fun
0: it is it's a, it's a good deck i won't lie but right. do i
2: think the deck is like this is what you should do no just play <laughs> like just play atraxa if you're going to play like a planeswalker deck just and you want to win just do like some
1: atraxa combo stuff with like doubling season like make no, 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 sure no no you're, no
2: no no, sure no. what
1: you do is you do angus Mackenzie fog tribal <laughs> no I don't, I don't believe in the fog <laughs> Oh, come on, you don't want to buy a $200 Legends card?
2: (laughs) No, I'm okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, so we've talked about kind of the five biggest commanders for our Super Friends deck. Now, what are some of the staples to Super Friends? Now, this first one should come as no surprise to anyone. I know. It's Doubling Season, which already is a... What's this card? I've never heard of it. It's already already a very good card. Uh, It's four and a green. Enchantment. If an effect would create one or more tokens, blah 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 blah. That part's not as important. (laughs) But if an effect would put one or more counters on a permanent you control, it puts twice that many of those counters on that permanent instead. So when your Planeswalkers enter the battlefield so let's say you have one that enters the battlefield with five it now enters the battlefield with 10 which most of the time is going to allow you to ult if your planeswalkers have an ult in their ability so pretty good so as we mentioned before the Tamiyo field researcher who initially just creates a omniscience emblem she comes down onto the battlefield uh, originally she would have four but now she has eight and her minus seven just gets you omniscience so yeah she so g- like she's still she still she gives you
1: omniscience draw an uninteractable omniscience draws you three cards to potentially further refill your hand still lives at one loyalty so you can still use her for her other abilities in the next few turns <laughs> pretty good pretty good. That's just one Planeswalker. Can I just, like, to interrupt? Like, uh, Planeswalkers are just kind of that one archetype where it's, like, you know, they're not the most competitive, but, like, especially in, like, the more super casual metas where, like, these can, like, make a bunch of emblems and are uninteractable. It's just like, oh, God, how do I stop this? It's so good.
2: (laughs) I would say if you're not
1: playing, like, competitive,
2: Planeswalkers are, like, Just the demon, (laughs) casual, casual games. Because not only is it just like this, it doesn't say like you win the game. You now you have to play through whatever other fifty planes lockers are in this guy's deck, and you're gonna be sitting there to see how he wins. It's pretty much like you want to give up before they
1: actually win because it's gonna take so goddamn long. (laughs) We can keep continuing. Yeah, we'll, we might continue that theme, but we'll move on to the Chain Veil, which is four uh, colorless and is a legendary creature. or Sorry, a legendary artifact. <clears throat> At the beginning of your end step, if you didn't activate a loyalty ability of a Planeswalker this turn, you lose two life. Four tap for each Planeswalker you control. You may activate one of its loyalty abilities once uh, this turn, as though none of its loyalty abilities have been activated this turn. So it can be play- it's colorless, it's an artifact, it can be played in any deck, because it's a colorless artifact, and there's definitely some decks that can abuse this, such as Teferi Temporal Archmage, which is like the only planeswalker that can be played as your commander and is like competitively viable, and then it can also be played like in Esther the Mask, which is like fringe CDH viable, it's like, basically a combo enabler with your commander.
0: So, it's mm-hmm. a pretty good
1: card. And it's also just, like, pretty good value if you're just playing casually.
0: Yeah, doesn't it work with Estrid? Because Estrid would create a token enchantment to put onto the Chain Veil. And then you activate Chain Veil to allow Estrid to untap something again. And then, essentially, you can just, like, untap, tap and untap something. Uh, the chain bill quite a bunch with estrid to create value i don't know yeah basically
1: like you can yeah use the totem armor thing to like tap it and untap it basically make basically cast and recast your commander milling and then playing your then milled cards to basically put your deck onto the battlefield and then like extorting everyone out to death, or do a few other things. There's lots of different options. It works. convoluted, but it works.
0: Sounds good. I wouldn't have thought that was one of the better ways to do it, but I guess if someone made it work. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Next we have Evolution evolution Sage, who is (laughs) two and a green. uh, Creature Elf Druid, 3-2. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, proliferate so that's pretty good because you're probably playing a land every turn so you're proliferating every turn which then also gives all your planeswalkers additional counters so i don't know but that seems like a pretty good deal to me and if you're i mean this since most of our planeswalker decks super friends decks are going to be running green you may have doubling season out so you know proliferate double the proliferate yeah, pretty good. Put it in a track so that, you know, almost get like four counters on a planeswalker every turn. That's just like best case scenario, but like that's just like an example of how nutty some of these can get. Yeah, especially if you're playing green and you have a bunch of like
1: extra lands per turn. And yeah, I'm talking about Magical Christmas Land now, but like it's totally possible. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like with the fetch lands. Mm hmm. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna now talk about Spark Double. It is three and a blue for a creature illusion. It's a zero-zero, but wait, there's more. You may have it enter the battlefield as a copy of a creature or planeswalker you control, except it enters with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. Uh, If it's a creature, it enters with an additional loyalty counter on it. Uh, If it's a planeswalker and and it is not a legendary permanent. So, like, the legend rule doesn't apply and you don't have to, like, sacrifice it. Um... So basically what people do is they basically make this copy of their Planeswalker. And if it's like your commander, you basically, congratulations, have another Planeswalker commander on the battlefield. Yeah, It's like, which one do I kill? And I'm like, kill the original planes. So annoying. God.
0: Arena Rector. Sorry. Um, Three in a white creature human cleric. One, two. When Arena Rector dies, you may exile it. If you do, search your library for a planeswalker card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So, uh, Academy Rector was that the original uh, one for the enchantments? Yes. Yeah. So this is paying homage to that, where you kill this or you sack it, and then you could just tutor out a planeswalker. Which I mean, I don't know. That like that seems pretty good, pretty good value to me. Yeah, I remember when
1: this first came out in, like, Battle Bond, and it, like, the price of this card was just, like, outrageous. People were like, oh my god. It was like, oh, it was so expensive. (laughs) Uh, It's
0: it's still a good card, but, like, oh my god, people, like, really overpriced this thing. It's It's fairly affordable now, especially because they got that Judge Promo reprint. It does look
1: nice. Ooh, okay, I'm excited for this next card. This is our last card. Uh, We're going to talk about... Obviously, there are more cards that synergize with Super Friends decks, but, like, we can't have this episode be 10 hours long because we got other things to do. So our last card is going to be Oath of Teferi. It is a legendary enchantment. It says, when it enters the battlefield, exile another target permanent you control. Exile it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So you kind of, like, flicker it. And you may activate the loyalty abilities of Planeswalkers you control twice each turn rather than only once. So it's kinda like doubling your value in a way. Like, additionally not multiplicative but it is still you're activating your Planeswalkers twice. You can go up and then down or down and then up. Whichever you want. Or up and up or down or down. You have options. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah. And, so, a lot of the cards that we just mentioned were, I guess, well, I guess Teferi is white-blue. Rain Rector is white. Spark Double is blue. Green. uh, Evolution Sage, green. Chain Veil, Artifact, so it could be in any deck. Doubling Season is also green. But, um, Jesse, out of curiosity, but, like, how do you feel not being able to run some of these... Uh, essential cards, because we were talking about earlier how white is kind of a support color for Planeswalkers, but obviously Nicol Bolas doesn't have access to that, so do you feel that that sometimes puts the deck at a disadvantage or not really?
2: Mm, I don't know. I'm more of the type of person that likes kind of the deck-building restraints, but I don't have, like, easy access to, like, super powerful cards, so now I have to think, like, Okay, I can't go that avenue, but whether what other options do I have? And it's like in these colors I have like really good artifact synergy, I have discard, I have land destruction, have like there are a lot of other options. And the only issue I have with like Planeswalker Synergy is that they don't really win you the game. But, like, taking cards out of people's hands are probably going to win you the game.
1: (laughs) Go ahead. So it's like, your style of Super Friends is like, I'm going to control everyone where nobody has, like, lands or hands or a board state, and I'm just going to, like, use that time to, like, generate value and win. Whereas other sort of Super Friends versions kind of are, like, I'm just going to generate a whole bunch of counters and proliferates and just like absolutely go hog wild, maybe like ultimate a few things, make some emblems and like kind of stacks you out in some ways, but like, you can still have your stuff, I'm just going to like hard lock you down and just like win.
0: So there's
1: there's definitely ways to like play super friends, there's lots, there's still some variation
2: in that. To me, traditional Super Friends feels almost more like combo in the sense that, like, I have my doubling season. Or you could compare, you could, like, prepare, right? What is Tamiyo? Like, five mana, doubling season is five mana. So you have, like, you build up your way to you have, like, 10 mana, people are tapped or whatever. And now you're like, okay, I have my combo. Here's my doubling season. Here's my Tamiyo. Here's my ult. And, like, this is my win. I don't have traditional ways like that. I have to figure out ways of, like... It's essentially a control deck for, like, what it's worth. And I have to figure out how to control three other people by not relying on combo now. I have to, like, just kind of accrue value or deny other people resources. So it's... Yeah, they're definitely, like, really different styles of playing. And it's kind of just, like, what you want to do. I didn't want to go the combo route. I like it's weird to say, but I like the interaction, even though I'm literally like taking away people's cards and like uh, being sorcery to, like, dis- speed. Destroy their lands, but I like to I don't know, feel like challenged like, it, it's so weird to explain, because there is a there is challenge in doing combo, but to me it's like, I like to make people, I like to make the game sometimes 3v1 and I want people. You like to, being our enemy. I want them to be. I want. I like beating three people at once when they know <sighs> what I'm gonna do to them. It, it, it makes me feel good. That it's like that's the type of player I guess I've turned out to be. I didn't think you would end
1: up like this, but you live long enough, mean. you you become the villain. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So this is a good transition to strengths, but before we do that, um, there's a few other like. Cards that are like in the 99 of Superfriends decks. There's Oath of nissa Oath of Gideon, Oath of Ajani. Those are like the only good oaths. There's Humility, there's Crawl Space, Contagion Engine, Contagion Clasp, Deep Glow Skate. We've already mentioned Tamiyo Field researchers Silent Arbiter. And we could probably talk for another like 30 minutes about other cards, but we don't have time for that. So I would like to now move into the strengths and weaknesses of super friends because we've kind of been tiptoeing and like lightly teasing around this but i now want to talk about the strengths and weaknesses of playing a super friends deck because every deck is not perfect uh believe it or not every deck is not unbeatable believe it or not so let's talk about it uh what are the strengths of uh being a super friends deck i'll start um One of the strengths is being a very resilient permanent. Uh, Some of the most resilient, because not all permanents are equally as resilient. Uh, Lands are very resilient. Enchantments are very resilient. And so are Planeswalkers. Uh, Most removal does not affect Planeswalkers. Uh, most, Most removal is very good at dealing with artifacts, enchantments, creatures, But that's about it, unless you start, like, teching it. Well, that's kind of... eh, I'm not sure that's the best words to use it, but you
0: guys understand what I'm saying, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You either need to... I know that some of the older cards were eroded to allow you to be able to interact with Planeswalkers a little more. Like, I think when they say player, they can say either opponent or Planeswalker, or it might have been situational, but yeah, so
1: a good one good example would be lightning bolt lightning bolt has been eroded to any target so you can do
0: player or creature or planeswalker I believe Right. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong yeah Yeah. so it's just I mean black is the color who can I think directly deal with in uh, non enchantments uh, planeswalkers just because yep. it's able to kill creatures so it kind of makes the most sense and that's um, been a recent that change. That's been a recent change where black
1: has been given the ability to directly deal with planeswalkers. I believe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'd
1: say uh, planeswalkers have benefited from being
2: introduced as a mechanic the latest than any other permanent type. Because now there are so many older cards that you can run in a planeswalker deck that would normally like just ruin a normal deck. And you just completely get all the benefits. Like most like mass land destruction in red only targets like creatures, artifacts, lands. And it's like <laughs> there's one permanent type. There's a couple permanent types that doesn't target, and planeswalkers Office is one of them. and there's a ton of cards like that. So you, they really benefit from
1: being introduced last. So on that note, it's it's funny, because Planeswalkers came out in, like, Wound, which was, like, 2007. So at the time of recording, that's, like, 13 years. And Magic the gathering has been out for, like, 25. So, like, and a mechanic that's, like, 13 years old is still, consi- like, in terms of a new permanent type being added to the game. That's still relatively new. And that just kind of makes me laugh.
0: <laughs> it's the newest card type, I believe. I mean, I don't think they've introduced another it card type. Type since, other than maybe Tribal. I don't know if Tribal was before or after Planeswalkers, but they don't really support that anymore. Alright, we should, we should get back on track. <laughs> yeah, so Mass Board Wipes do not affect your board as often. So in Planeswalker decks, you are probably running Wrath of God or Damnation to get rid of creatures that are on the battlefield, but your Planeswalkers will stay safe. And it also gives your opponents less you know creatures to interact with like uh interact they, with they, your planeswalkers
1: yeah they can't attack into your planeswalkers if you just like nuke the board every single turn mm-hmm. <laughs> which i know casuals have been very salty about but it's like that's what you got to do sometimes like yeah. white white especially white has a whole like a whole bunch of rats so many rats um and then as we've kind of alluded to earlier, emblems are basically unstoppable and you can lock down your opponents with them. Um, you can use Narset Transcendence Ultimate so they can only cast uh, non-creature spells, which will shut down most decks. And then you can also play Jace Unraveler of Secrets and do his ultimate and just make it so their first spell of every t- turn is countered or whatever so that's really rough and then and you can also just do doven bonds ultimate and just you you kind of see where i'm going where you just like keep locking your opponents out of the game from casting anything and you just like keep developing and grinding value out of your planeswalkers um uh fun quick story side note um i had someone play a super friends deck and they ultimated jace unraveler of secrets to where he, he, the first uh, spell on your turn or something is countered, and I got around it by having my first spell of the turn be uh, Dragonlord Dramoka, which says it can't be countered at all. So I'm just can't like, like he's her. like, he, he's like, it's count, he's countered, and I'm like, nah, bitch, read this card, <laughs> and he's like, oh, and then I'm like, yeah, now the rest of my spells basically can't be interacted with. Here I go, and then I was playing <laughs> Sigarda, which plays a bunch of O-ring effects. Which is actually one of the best ways to deal with the planeswalker deck so here i was in a game of commander and like the rest of my opponents were like shut out the game because the emblem got out and i'm just like oh my god this is like 1v1 now so like i like added like o-ring all of his planeswalkers and just like start attacking him because the rest of my players were, like, locked out. I'm just like, oh, I have to just carry this team. and We're not even on a team. <laughs> but, like, for the sake of making this... For the sake of me winning, too, I just need to kill him.
2: You should thank yeah. him. He basically won you the game. Uh, was would so be cool. like... So like, it, would be was like still, dude, it was still... So this... it, <sighs> it was so convoluted. I would be like, always play this deck versus me. Because, you know,
1: I'll always win. I still had to play around it. I still had to think really hard. But it was just like, oh, my God... <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right we should move on <laughs> yeah so strengths what are some of the weaknesses well there's still one more cool strength to it oh i'm so sorry uh i don't think i wrote this dude i did because i
1: okay i'll talk yeah. about it because i yes yeah, it's it's cr- cool. like i think it's like planeswalker has a really cool unique win con which is Uh, like the vraska planeswalkers which just make these creature that creatures that just say hey if they hit you you pretty much fucking die and like that's a really good way to end the game right like you just nuke everybody's creatures into oblivion every single turn and then one turn you're like all right i make this small insignificant insignificant creature oh by the way if it hits you you die so next turn i swing and kill you
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the phage Right? Yeah, it's bas- it's basically like a phage on a small creature, but it's not yeah, it's not as convoluted as phage. <laughs> but mm-hmm.
2: have you ever exiled all but one of someone's library? That <laughs> that when you win that way, that one feels too good.
0: That's I why you not... should
2: play nickel bolus, everyone. Everyone switch your planeswalker yeah, I... decks to nickel bolus.
1: I haven't done that, but I have exiled all of my opponents' libraries simultaneously and then passed turn. So that's good too. Yeah. So now we can talk about the weaknesses.
0: Yeah, I think something too is um, kinda kinda going into a weakness maybe, but I think Jesse's point brings up an interesting one where, you know, he says like, you know, exile all cards from a library except one. That reminds me of the Jace the Mind Sculptor Ultimate, who is like a the boogeyman of other formats, but not so much in our format. So I, really, Planeswalkers, I really do
1: not care, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, Planeswalkers just can be... Uh, so diverse in like where they're a threat to. Which is kind of interesting. But, yeah, Jace the Mind Sculptor... As much as I love him... It, just because I think it's such an iconic card. Like, even before oh, playing is. Magic... Yeah, even before playing Magic, I knew about him. And he was the first Planeswalker with a 4 ability... But, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. hmm So, yeah, some, some Planeswalkers just thrive better in other formats. Nicol Bolas, I think, is kind of... the, the Nicol Bolas, the Arisen, is a good example of how he's better for EDH, because he's more likely to get off that ultimate rather than Jace, who starts off so low. Yeah. hmm
2: Well, actually, right. Nicol Bolas saw playing standard, but, you know, go off...
0: Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the weaknesses, more weaknesses. Um, it is a slower But there are no weaknesses to
1: Superfriend guy. Superfriend is unbeatable. I'm in my I'm you're in my right, casual right. pocket And I can't beat them.
0: Like they're just impossible to deal with. You should ban all planeswalkers.
1: <laughs> hard agree. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. The hard agree, let's just like end the podcast here. Planeswalkers are banned. Starting now. all right they are it is a slower deck archetype because they tend to be more mana intensive spells yeah average Uh cmc of like five or six
1: um unless you have a planeswalker that are also creating tokens there aren't many ways for you to protect them uh without pillow fort cards or wrath effects and uh also building also we haven't actually talked about this yet but this, this is really true like you can't really build a super friends deck Without like shilling out a whole bunch of money (laughs) because Super Friends, like each Planeswalker is like always at least a couple bucks, which you know adds up when you're building a hundred card deck, Mm -hmm. especially if you want those like full art, uh, borderless foiled cards. I don't remember what set they're from, like Mythic Edition or whatever.
0: Mythic Edition, and then now they're doing it in all the collector boosters. Um, We'll include Jesse's deck list. He was kind enough to, you know, share that with us. But you'll see, but the deck's not like... It's not... I mean, I think you could build maybe a budget Super Friends deck, but typically since they're kind of like the chase cards of all the sets, they tend to be worth the most money. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This next one's kind of like a counterpoint to what we just said with the strengths. And even though... You know, you have access to all these rafts, but it does make the casuals a little salty if you're just, like, nuking the board every turn to try and protect your planeswalkers. But, yeah. how what do are you, you gonna do? With, how do
1: you deal with control? I don't understand. Yeah. yeah, a Control is unbeatable. It's like an OPR type. <laughs> uh um No. <laughs> um, then we have... Oh, yeah. Then there's also just, like... And I'll be kind of a devil's—I'll be kind of a devil's advocate on this next point, which is a uh, weakness of the deck is that casuals will complain to themselves that you're making the game too long for playing a planeswalker as your commander, because a critique of having planeswalkers as commanders is that like people have to spend their creatures attacking into the planeswalker instead of attacking you, the player, and your life total especially like when you can recast your planeswalker and they have to continue to attack into them and like to some degree i understand and i also to some degree understand that especially after listening to mark rosewater's drive to work podcast that like the game it's better to have a game that ends quicker than you wanted it to than to have a game that goes on far longer than you wanted it to So I do have some concessions. That being said, I do still think people complain far too much about to themselves at least mentally, like, "Oh, you're making the game go longer." Like, nah, you're fine. Just win faster,
2: dude. (sighs) I don't see the problem.
1: Yeah, just like just just turn up their lands.
2: Are they gonna play their five mana walk? Yes. That's
1: that's the
2: solution.
1: That's the solution. Just yeah, just MLD play last land destruction. Just blow up their lands and just like tax them up, dude. it's like sometimes you just ask them, "Do you concede?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
0: all right. The last thing that I think we're going to get into is just planeswalkers as commanders. So they are a legendary, t- uh, permanent type, and they are—they're not creatures, but they are kind of like creatures in a way, where a lot of people have kind of wanted the rules committee to allow them to become, like, your commander. So, they have hard stated that uh, Planeswalkers will not be your commanders. So, that's why other formats exist, like Oathbreaker or uh, Brawl. And But, there are a few exceptions. So, we had the first round of commanders who could be your Planeswalkers from... The Commander 2014 product. We had one in each color, monocolor, Doretti, Tafiri, Nahiri, Omnixilus, and Freyles. Mm-hmm. Four years later, we got Aminatu, Estrid, Lord Windgrace, and Sahili. And then in Battle Bond, we got Rowan and Will, Kenrith, who could be. Uh, partner together as your commanders, or they could be just their own deck in general, but typically they tend to be built together. And then we have a set of foot planeswalkers, so Jesse's example of Nicol Bolas, uh, the Ravager, we have Jace, Friend's Prodigy, uh, Liliana, the Heretical Healer, uh, Chandra, forget her name. Gideon and Nyssa. So, the original uh, Gatewatch, and kind of they start out as legendary creatures who can then, like, spark to become their planeswalkers. Chandra, Mm -hmm.
1: Fire of Kaladesh.
0: Yes. Uh, Gideon doesn't even call himself Gideon before he becomes uh, Gideon. He's something else. Oh, gosh. What is he? Gideon, Hero of Akros. Next,
2: next time, just ask
0: me. Sorry. Uh, do you know what the Nissa one's called? Yeah, so green is Nissa Fastwood Seer. Okay. So, just kind of... Let's wrap up the conversation, but... Maybe... To spend each two minutes on this, this subject, but... Do you think the Rules Committee should ever change it? Where all Planeswalkers should be your commander yes. Or... Yes. Keep it as I is. think
1: they should change it. Yes.
0: So Jesse's a yes. Blake, what are you? Hard
1: yes. I'm indifferent. I've kind of made my piece that they've said no and that they're never going to change their mind because they're set in their ways and there's nothing we can do to change their minds no matter how much we ask.
0: Mm, okay. I mean, I, I agree with you. I would like them to change the rule. I'm So I'm with Jesse, but I do think what you're saying, Blake, is uh, probably... A realistic way of looking at it. I think no matter how much we ask at this point,
1: it's not, not a big, it's not
0: a big enough issue for them to care, right? right. And, and you know they they go into the argument of like, oh, if we that's just like what uh, maybe like a hundred new possible legendary commanders. It, who knows what kind of problems that'll.
1: They already cause, got problems. Like, they already have problems. That's Kyle. a great. That's a great point, Jesse. Thank you. Yes.
2: Like, uh, when are they gonna fix that stupid ass Flash Hulk like Oracle <laughs> nonsense? All that nonsense. Like, they have problems. They got huge problems. They just don't care. So it's like, why do you care about like Planeswalkers? Then you might as well. Yeah, I want to play my. Nice Nahiri. I want to play my nice Mythic Edition Nahiri. Mm-hmm. Like, let me play my Mythic Edition Nahiri. What the it's hell? okay. It's okay. Just do Rule Zero. Oh yeah, I'm sure.
1: Just go to your it LGS right. and save Rule Zero, and you can just do anything.
2: Right? I can't even get my own playgroup to agree to that. I need. I, be- I need them to force it.
1: I would totally be okay with a Jesse. Okay. okay, you got. You got one. You got two out of four.
0: Or okay. five,
2: we'll yeah. play 1v1 Commander.
0: That's different. <laughs> that's, oh, that's a whole nother can of worms. Alright, we should just end
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright,
0: well, thank you, Jesse, for coming on for to the podcast tonight. Your vast amount of knowledge for Super Friends was extensive. very insightful. Extensive, fast knowledge was very insightful to the subject. I hope everyone was able to learn a lot more than just from the more boy, you the know the more you know um i hope everyone is safe I hope everyone's in quarantine right now and are practicing social distancing we hope that you're healthy and you know hopefully this will pass and we will all get through this
1: and we can all be nerds socially awkward together at a car yep. shop
0: yep expect some big things to come in the next couple weeks with the icoria and all the new commander stuff coming your way. Stay tuned. We have some exciting plans to do for that. And yeah, alright. So if you want to check us out or share us, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else that you can find your podcasts. We are on Twitter at The Wizard Staff 101. Find us on Facebook or Instagram. And you can send us an email at The Wizard Staff 101 at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. We hope you have a great night and we'll see you again soon. Peace. Peace.